What's up, y'all? I'm your host, Sensei NK. You know, back again with another EP. Uh, shouts out to everyone that be listening to my last one and one before that and one before that. <laughs> and also, if you're on Apple Podcasts, give me five stars. There's only 20 of y'all. I, I'm getting I'm getting upset now. <laughs> I'm getting upset. Well, yeah. Go. Oh, follow me on all social media at Sensei NK. Twitter, Sensei NK. Uh, Instagram, Sensei NK. What else is there? Snapchat, Sensei NK. Yeah, all them. Facebook, plug your plugging everything now. Plug your LinkedIn, your ah, Pinterest, ah, soon, your soon, Tumblr. Soon. Ah, soon. Alright, y'all. Um, this is a new EP. I'm with my guest. My name's Layla. Ah, yes. Ah, yes, yes, yes. The semi psychopath. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and well, well, I've been trying to like do this episode for like a while now, and we're talking about the school to prison pipeline. And what gave me the idea was first in, like, senior year, my teacher made me read this book. Um, I forgot what it was called, but it was, it was pretty, it was pretty fucked. And then we watched a movie about, like, four kids who went, like, they were in class and they never got a chance. And then they ended up in jail and they stayed in jail for quite a while for a thing they didn't even end up doing. And, yeah, so that made me want to look into it more. And I'm with uh, Loki, an expert. She, tell, tell, tell me about what you be doing. What? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, this isn't something I'd be doing. This is something I started doing. But, like, I've always been interested in schooling and how to make it better for kids to succeed, and especially kids of color. So I started doing more research, and then I thought of possible solutions too, and I did a presentation on school systems of today and what it should lead to to the future. And Then what do you feel is the reason for this, for all this happening? For the school-to-prison pipeline, I feel like it goes hand-in-hand hand with like a lot of issues we see rising into the 21st century with like youth and teenagers in America today like one of the biggest issues is teenage suicide teenage suicide has increased by approximately 56 percent from 2007 to 2017 in America according to the Washington Post and also um teenage suicide is one of the second how do you say it? it's like the second thing causing most kids to die in America, and it's like, <laughs> I don't know why I'm being so illiterate right now, but like, it's one of the main causes of death of teenagers in America now, and it's outpaced by accidents, and then it's in front of homicides, so more kids are committing suicide over more kids just getting murdered. Um, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So there's an increased like rate of teenage suicides and then also just bad mental health in teenagers and kids from ages it's not even teenagers at this point like the research says it's ages 10 to 24 so it, this goes into adolescence to young adulthood. Um and then another issue is specifically in Minnesota. Minnesota is home to one of the largest student achievement gaps in the nation. So Wait, what is that? So it's like, basically, it's home to one of the large, largest student achievement gaps in the nation. And that's basically saying that in Minnesota, 
there are more and more kids not achieving in school and not graduating than kids graduating. And this is disproportionately affecting students of color and students of lower socioeconomic statuses. And so you have the school to prison pipeline and then kids not achieving and graduating and specifically students of color and students of lower socioeconomic statuses. And then you have the school to prison pipeline and you have all of these inner city kids going into a system where they more likely end up in jail than graduating. And for all three of these issues, no researcher has an actual reason why this is happening. They have all of these facts and they say, oh, more kids are becoming depressed. More kids are becoming suicidal and more kids aren't achieving or graduating and specifically in Minnesota and more and more kids are ending up in the system and incarcerated but no one has a reason as to why it's happening and they don't know why and they're consistently asking all these researchers are asking oh why the fuck are the is this happening to kids and no one has a reason and no one has looked into the way school systems work and how that could be a main factor into all of these reasons and I'm guessing isn't okay um one of my friends was talking to me, was telling me about uh, schools, right? Mm. And they don't change. They don't change. Like, I feel like there's five main reasons as to why school systems are the main causes behind all of these issues. And the first problem is industrial age values. Um, here, let me pull up my facts. <laughs> let me pull up my facts. I got facts for y'all. Shit. So basically, I'm, gu- I'm guessing like... Um, you go like basically like belt like bells, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you come in at this time, you sit mm-hmm. down, you do this, you mm-hmm. do that, so you're basically getting trained. Mm-hmm. All right, right. So industrial age values within the school system and a history of schools is schools started in 1635, but after the American Revolution, education became a higher priority and public schools were established. So there were public schools, but they were still ruled like by state to state. So each state was different because the state government decided what the school systems were like. But by 1837, all schools were following the same systems no matter what state. And so during this time, the Industrial Revolution happened, where instead of the Agricultural Revolution and people just being more spread out due to agriculture being the main source of money and survival... As soon as this industrial revolution happens, there are more urban cities. That's why there needed to be... That's why there was a need for public schools because more and more people were becoming factory workers and working in factories and just, like, staying in one place. And that's how cities started. And so public schools were established, and while this was established, everyone is a fucking factory worker. And so you needed to train kids to become what they were We're supposed to become, factory workers, right? Uh Uh-huh. But ever since then... Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. So basically, if... Okay, because I'm guessing, like, since we're, we, they were made to be factory workers, right? Mm-hmm. So if someone would act out of line, they would get them out of line. They would, like, they would get them out of the factory line, right? Right. Jesus. So that's what the school systems back then were supposed to do, just spring out factory workers, because that's what everyone was. There was no chance for actual creativity and no chance to actually make it on your own. And since then, since 1837, when they all followed those same rules, yes, schools have changed, but they have not significantly changed. Yet in that time to now, to 2020, our society and our world has changed so much. Motherfucker phones. So (laughs) much. 
yet schools haven't changed. And then you're expecting all of these kids to comply to a system that was made in 1837 and asking yourselves, why are these kids failing when that's not what the world around them is like? But you're not figuring out how can we make the system work for the world that they're currently in. And so, like, with the factory worker, for example, like, we ed- we educate students by batches and bells. We have 30 to 40 of them in one single room, and then, boom, a bell. You go to the next place, boom, a bell. You go to the next place. It's very organized, and it's very factory worker, factory worker, robotic, robotic, like the Industrial Revolution wanted you to be. And then all day long, students sit and do nothing but follow instructions. You go into your class. The teacher says, sit down, take out your books, go to page 47, read a paragraph. Here is a lecture now. This is what you do. This is what you do. This is what you do until boom, that bell tells you where to go next. And then that's basically what life was like in 1837 and 1760 through 1840 when the Industrial Revolution was happening. But today's world isn't like that at all. Like today's world, it values fresh thinkers in creativity and innovation Mm -hmm. and leadership. But we have this system of these industrial age values. Is it done? No. Oh, we have the system of these industrial age values and and that whole entire time while students are at school, they have no time to practice these um, qualities that the world values now, that creativity and that fresh thinking and those new ideas when they're consistently told to do what they have to do. And there's no chance to for them to breathe and be their own person. And so that could lead to like stress in kids. I don't know. But that's like, (laughs) but like, that's one of the issues. Schools haven't changed since the Industrial Revolution when the world has changed so much since then. Wow. Yeah, damn. God damn. Make me not even want to take my kids to high school. Uh, Do you think you'll take your kids to high school? Will you make them go to... It's required by law. I'd be a negligent parent. No, you don't have to take your kids to high school. You can, like, I don't want to homeschool them. I don't want to to come up with the whole entire curriculum. I don't want to come up with that. No. I'm okay. Okay, that means... Okay, all right. So we we know the problems. We have these problems. There are more problems. That was the first one. (laughs) (laughs) There's so many problems in schools. What are you talking about? Wow. Okay. First is industrial age values. Schools haven't changed with the industrial revolution and not everyone is factory workers now. I don't know any fucking factory workers. <laughs> <laughs> so why is it built for a, a career that no one does anymore? If your parents are a factory worker, I love you. Keep watching. Mwah. All right. Keep, keep going. <laughs> right. So then we initially started schools to help students complied to the revolution that was happening that was that wasn't always happening back then which was the industrial revolution yet we aren't thinking of ways for school systems to comply to the world we are in right now because i feel like we are going through our own revolution within the 21st century and that is a technological revolution we're in a technological golden age and no one acknowledges what's happening and how much the world has changed within like the past 20 years due to the iphone releasing and if you bring it back to the first issue which is students becoming more and more depressed and students choosing suicide as an option one of the facts was that from 2007 to 2017 um teenage 
not homicide, teenage suicide increased by 56%. And when I read that, I was just like, that's crazy. Why 2007? And then I looked up when the first iPhone released. <laughs> and it was June 29th, 2007. That's how much... Like, that's not a coincidence. Like, I'm not some little Jeez. phony little, little conspiracy theorist. From what the year the iPhone dropped to 2017, students are becoming more and more suicidal. I feel like that's a technology thing, too. And schools need to comply more to the world around us and how it's so technology-based. Everything is technology-based. Technology basically controls us now. And we need to be able to teach kids that, yes, there are a lot of negatives that come with technology. I myself have experienced them, like, with social media and stuff. Like... I've become addicted to social media and I don't do my homework and I don't do anything. But then no one really talks about the positive sides of having all of technology at our forefront. Like in your hand, you can learn anything. Literally, you can Literally, learn yeah. anything. Yeah. And you don't use it to your advantage in schools. Why? This is the world that we are in right now. Why can't we learn how to use technology to our benefit? And even now you see more and more like young entre entrepreneurs trying to make it because they have things like YouTube, they have things like Instagram, they have things like Twitter, they have things like Snapchat, where they have a free marketing place. It's yeah. literally free. Instead of, you know, complying to going to college and going that route and then working your ass off for like a big man to show what you're really worth and then finally and affording like a billboard or some shit or like that advertising that to get your business work? out there oh my god you oh. can do it yourself at your fingertips and i don't feel like schools realize how great that is and how instead of telling students oh you're going to do this 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 is this so you can go to school and do this 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 is this and then after some years or so you can finally do what you want when with technology since you can learn anything and you can honestly like do anything like when you tell a kid you can be whatever you want to be i feel like there hasn't been a time that has been more true to that statement than now you want to technology boom. boom you want to you want to code boom. boom like it's and schools are always telling you leave your phone at home don't use your phone teach kids how to use it positively teach kids that they can make their own business if they really set the if they really like put their mind to it and really push themselves you know what i'm saying let them use technology to their advantage because i feel like like what the fuck i need to learn about fucking more fucking, more fucking, more fucking. Fucking, <laughs> fucking what, what I need to learn about. I don't care that the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. Yeah, okay. I want to yes. know how to possibly start a business and be good at it. And you can do that with technology. And no one talks about that. Like, why are we not complying school systems to be more part of this technological revolution and forcing these kids to comply to industrial age values? Why? That's pointless. That's not going to help them with anything in the real world when they get out there. Yeah. We can talk. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. I feel like, all right. It's not that they don't want to talk about the positives. Mm -hmm. They don't know how to. True. It's like, I think a main solution 
into solving these problems would be getting more student voice because you consistently have all of these researchers being like, oh, these are happening. I don't know why, though. Like, why is it happening? Like, we, we can't understand. But there are a bunch of 30, maybe even 40 to 50 year old people asking why are these kids acting this way but they never sit down and include kids in the conversation and have them at the table when they grew up completely different than we did we grew up having this device control us from the moment we were born and then you guys are trying to figure out why the kids are like this and how we can help succeed when the world has changed completely in the span of like what like 17 18 years Mm -hmm. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Why are you trying to figure out the solutions and not letting kids have a voice at the table? See, again, they don't. Okay, I feel also they don't want to. They, they don't. They don't. They don't want to help. Cause like there's still like uh parents still feel like um higher. Is that, is that a good word? Mm-hmm. More superior. Yeah, superior to the child. It's the mm-hmm. uh, grown ups are talking stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's why they don't. That's why kids aren't included. Right. Ah, but we do need... It needs to change that, though. Oh, God. Because it's just like... (laughs) You consistently look stupid. Like, that's like me asking... That's like you and me sitting down and and talking about, like... How can we fix the boomers' problems? (laughs) Like... (laughs) We won't be able to fucking relate! Yeah. We won't be able to come up with like actual solutions because it's just like we have no any we have no idea what it was like to be living in the fifties and the sixties, but we have a bunch of people that have no idea what it's like growing up in this technological golden age, cons- asking why are our kids consistently failing. Yet you don't even, you aren't ready enough to get rid of a little bit of your power to have kids have a seat at the table. When that's more important because this is our education, not yours. So we deserve a right to know what problems you guys are discussing and how you're going to try to fix it. And also have problems brought up to you that you don't, don't see. Know. Yeah. Because we see everything. This is our education. This is what we're in every single day. And you see a third of it, possibly. Because it's so much more than what goes on in your classrooms. There's this whole entire culture with kids today. And this, this whole entire culture of social media and technology that no other generation has had to deal with. Mm-hmm. And so there's that culture within schools, which causes problems that n- no one else sees because it's just the culture of kids and how kids are growing as human beings. And so you need to address that and have them have a seat at a table because it's just like, you don't know these problems. You don't know these issues. You don't know the kids of today. Like you. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. So how are you trying to come up with solutions when you won't even let them have a seat at the table that doesn't make sense to me like make it make sense <laughs> wait one question that i'm still like still thinking about why is it like inner city schools are being targeted like they're they're like yeah they're worse they're mm-hmm. they're worse than like schools like in the suburbs mm-hmm. what look at it this way take for instance a inner city school like what south high school or mm, I don't know too many inner city schools like around Central because my parents always made sure to send me to like good ones. Good, good, good <laughs> to people. Get me out, like, to get me out of that situation. I was going to go to Washington Tech, but my dad was just like, that's too hood. I don't want you there. <laughs> um, so you take inner city schools and then you take a school like the school I go to, which is St. Anthony, which is in a suburb. And 
you see already off the bat how inner city schools are bigger, right? And so you have these big ass schools where, unlike St. Anthony, how much schools in Central? Look, huh? How much schools in Central? A, like Central is fucking big as fuck. Like you have all of these inner city schools, <laughs> like in St. Paul. Like you have all of these inner city ass fucking schools, these big ass fucking schools because there's so many kids. And even then, in schools in the suburbs, like maybe like what Woodbury, White Bear, like St. Anthony, the fucking teacher to student ratio is like maybe forty to one teacher. Whereas in those schools, it's probably like a hundred students to one teacher, probably. More and more inner city schools are becoming more and more fucking understaffed because it's just like, who the fuck want to teach at an inner city school? You know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) But then with that, with there not being enough teachers to fully like invest all of their time into all of these students, it's so easier for kids to slip behind in the cracks Mm because you're nothing but a fucking number there. You're not your name you're not your individual self you're a number there's too many of you to get to know all of you you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. so then your value even more decreases so if you're a kid that needs a little bit more help if you don't speak up and there's not that relationship there because what what kid is going to fucking speak up when there's no relationship there they're going to fall behind the cracks that's just facts i don't know if that's facts but it's just like it's logic yeah that was pretty (sighs) so kids are just falling behind staying behind and they're getting left behind. Honestly, they're getting, like, fucking left behind. Like, nobody be caring about them. And the thing is, St. Anthony, there is more love and more care and more nurture in that environment than an inner city school when the roles need to be reversed because the kids in St. Anthony don't fucking need it. They don't need a fucking, fucking in-school therapist. What the fuck do they go to through, like, their parents taking away their phones for a month because they did some fuck shit because they got caught with a vape at school or some stupid shit when i literally talked to this kid and his name was biggs and he was a senior and he lived in public housing and he like went to big inner city schools in st paul and he was talking about how like in those schools they didn't have anything like that and so they had not only did he have nowhere to go talk to nowhere to talk to someone in school he also um lived in a really rough neighborhood and then does people teaching him and the people he could go to if he spoke up they were all white and they all lived in places like eden fucking prairie that's a big problem with me why do you have all of these teachers in inner city schools teaching in a neighborhood they'd have nothing they know nothing about it they know nothing about the neighborhood they teach in so they don't know anything about the kids that live there they don't know what they have to deal with they don't know what they have to go through so when they look at them failing, it's easier to be like, yeah. toughen up, toughen up, you got this. Study but little harder. do you know, they literally had to watch someone get fucking shot, like, the previous day. Like, he talked about that, like, Bix talked about that. He would talk about how he would literally watch someone get shot, and that's how common it was on his block, and then be forced to go to the to school the next day and be expected to be okay with it, because... That I don't fucking know because that was just normal or like there was no place to talk to about it and it was considered normal. That's not normal. Jesus. That's not normal. Like look at look at inner cities and look at just like places that would be considered the hood. Like I fucking lived in Frogtown for a majority of my life, but I never really went to school there. And I was like, I'm like a three minute walk, a three minute walk away from university. And you look at the way it's set up versus where my mom lives in St. Anthony and like I can literally walk 
this like five minutes this way from my house and then see all on the same two blocks a library a church and then a gun store all on the same two blocks and then like a block that way there's a fucking liquor store all in the same vicinity whereas Jesus Christ whereas the place my mom stays at there's literally like a bunch of perfect copy and paste houses with fences and there's a park for the kids to play and then there's a little cub foods and then a little starbucks and then a gas station and then this little shopping center where kids can hang out and get chipotle and get caribou yet these are the kids having more resources to succeed and pass and have more resources to be able to be more creative and to be able to go in a process which is more creative in their education yet we're leaving these kids who need it the most with the the bare minimum type of schooling okay wow do people know about this what do you mean like do um like the, like the government, do they know about this? Like, do they... Oh, hell yeah, the government knows about this. This has been an issue for Minnesota for, like, years. Yet, no one is doing anything about it. <laughs> well, people are trying to do stuff about it. And there's literally a whole entire, like, organization called, like, FED. I think it's, like, the... I forgot what it was called. But it's, like, the Bank Reserve. And all they do is do research on the education gap in Minnesota but they are not coming up with any reasons why it's happening and i feel like you need to know the reason why it's happening so you can make policies that stop those reasons from happening yet you're trying to figure out the answer to this question why is it happening but you're not even asking the kids honestly i feel like this goes back all the way to the redlining um so basically um shit um i'm trying to explain it like the best way i can so basically, um, the suburbs, right? Mm-hmm. And all the neighborhoods were drawn different. So they drew it. So like, they put all like the bad, like the bad part of the neighborhood. They all put it together, mm-hmm. right? And what happens when you put poor with poor? Fucking not shit. <laughs> no progress. Like no progress. So that would happen, and they just rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. So people weren't able to get loans. Uh, the neighborhoods were worse off, and then it'll spiral off from there. Because if you don't, if you can't get loans, you can't buy a house, and if you can't buy a house, you can't get wealth, and if you can't get wealth, you're stuck in the same spots. And then they just kept going with it, and that's how we have places like suburbs and places like over north. Um, I'm sure that was one of the things that happened uh, in Minnesota. Like they they designed it uh, like North Minneapolis. They they went and separated it from South. Like, you know how South Minneapolis has more money than North? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how basically it happened. It's crazy. <laughs> I heard... I was aware of redlining, but I never really, like, looked into it that much. That's, that's fucking crazy, man. That's, <laughs> that's absolutely bonkers. <laughs> what also is adding to the problem for students? Right, so I feel like it's... I feel like the main two reasons why this is happening is number one technology and then number two just school systems 
And so the problems within the school systems, we have one, industrial age values. Schools haven't changed since the Industrial Revolution. And within that system, we have the second problem, which is a lack of autonomy or a lack of independence. And so every single minute, your lives are controlled by a system, which is the school system. First 45 minutes, you have your first hour. Five minutes, get your shit, go. 45 minutes, and a second hour. Five minutes, get your shit, go. And then you have 45 (laughs) minutes to socialize and do your shit and then be free, which is lunch. And then you have another 45 minutes, five minutes, get your shit, go. Another 45 minutes, five minutes, you're free and you're out. And then throughout that whole entire day where your lives are controlled, you're not even allowed to leave. You are stuck in a building for one single day having your lives being controlled every single minute, every single second, right? Mm-hmm. And with this lack of freedom and with this lack of independence, that's where you want to bring up the school-to-prison pipeline, I personally think, because what schools are honestly built like prisons. And I know it sounds stupid, and I mm-hmm. thought it sounded stupid too, but at my old school, we had this um, class called Mac Roundtable where we where every year you have a discussion question and then by the end of the class you form your own opinion and then you present it to other people and the question was are prisons really necessary and we talked about the school to prison pipeline which is expected and then a perspective that they said that I never really thought about was how schools are literally built like prisons and I thought it was stupid at first but like after the class my mind was completely changed because Yes, schools did start to um, make factory workers and to be built for the Industrial Revolution, but since then, it hasn't changed. So if you have this system that is supposed to produce, like, effective people for that system, that's not even, like, real now because life isn't like the Industrial Revolution. You leave a bunch of kids confused as to what real life is like when they go out into the real world, because life isn't like that. Your life isn't controlled. You have to think for yourself. You have to prioritize your own time, and you have to, like, answer the questions, like, what am I going to do? Like, where do I fit in in this world? But then, it's not even high school. From kindergarten, you never have that freedom. It's always controlled by the system. And what does that sound a lot like? Prison. Yeah. Prison, like, it was set in the Industrial Revolution, but now that that's not a system anymore... The only system that it correlates to now is prison. That is the only time where, that is the only place that sounds exactly like school. All of your minutes controlled, you boom, 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 go, go, go. 45 minutes, you're going to spend it here. And then five minutes, you're going to spend it here. And then you're supposed to comply to authority and not ask questions. Because authority is literally the people telling you what you're supposed to do. And then authority in a school setting is almost like God. Like you listen and then you take it and you take it as true. And you can't form your own opinion. You can't talk back because this is a person in a position of power, which is like, which is like basically prison with the authority there. And then within inner city schools, you have SROs and you have already this culture of policing within these schools that have a majority of the people of color that aren't succeeding within Minnesota and adding to the education achievement gap. And then in these schools, these students are of a lower socioeconomic level too. So they live in more lower class places that are filled with crime because lower class places are always filled with crime. That's just like a logical like, statistic. Mm-hmm. It goes hand in hand. 
So you're raising them with this culture of police being normalized. And just, if you're arresting students in schools, they're raised thinking, oh, this is normal. And then they see, that's all they see in their neighborhoods, this is normal. When what you need to do is, yes, you live in the situation where you are of a lower socioeconomic class and you live in a place where there are high crimes, you need to be in the position to show these kids that this isn't fucking normal. You can make it out of this. It's fucking, you don't have a bunch of cops just consistently following you around every day trying to figure out anything you do, arresting you for the simplest thing, like maybe having like a black and mild in your pocket or something, which is fucking harmful. It's a fucking black and mild. You know what I'm saying? And so you normalize cops in schools. So what the fuck else do you expect these kids to think when they go into the real world and it's nothing like that? And they're just like, this doesn't make sense. Like, this doesn't make sense. And the only place that makes sense is literally prison. And that's the only place they are comfortable because what the fuck are they subconsciously in from kindergarten to fucking 12th grade? A system that is built like prison. So what can we do to stop this? What what solutions did you come up with? Um Well, before we get to that, I want to talk about SROs and what SROs can really like be like because I was a problem child myself. Like I've never really gotten like good grades because I was always out doing stupid shit. And so I had to take summer school and I had to take summer school in St. Paul. And the way summer school is built in St. Paul is one half of St. Paul goes to summer school and then the other half goes to summer school. And I went to the half, which was Frogtown side, and I went to Washington Tech. And like, Jesus, like, you think it's maybe like one, two, maybe five if the school is big enough SROs. In that school, there was a whole entire section of the parking lot taken off solely for police cars for SROs that were going to be there. There were like. God damn. Yeah. <laughs> there were like fucking over 20 SROs in that bitch in every hallway and there were like five SROs in the cafeteria just patrolling and patrolling like it's very down your fucking neck so it's beyond like just having you know the one like fucking SRO that everyone loves that protects everyone or like two or like five that everyone knows like it's not community based it's just like a bunch of these people just like random motherfuckers random motherfuckers just in your school like thinking they have this position of power when it's just like bro this is a school it's a safe place it's for kids to nurture and grow into human beings and be okay when they go out as an adult into the real world but then you're raising them to normalize this idea of having a bunch of fucking sros basically serving in the position of prison guards basically they look like prison guards you look like you're in lunch in a prison and then you have a bunch of these prison guards watching so you don't rile up and you don't mess up and you don't start a fight in the cafeteria just like fucking prison when there's no conversation of rehabilitation and how can we stop these kids from fighting and being mature enough to have these conversations instead of just like oh we'll fix it by having a bunch of fucking cops with like tasers and pepper spray to handle the problem because that's easier they don't want to take that step to answer these questions jesus so what what is next then because, like, that's that's one thing that I'm, I'm like, thinking about. Because, like, yes, they're there. But I feel like there's... That's the only solution they've, they've thought of mm-hmm. so far. So, like, what is an actual better solution then? Right. So, I've thought about this. And, like, another problem, and I feel like is the biggest problem in schools, is this idea of inauthentic learning and... Um, I never learned in school. Right. Inauthentic learning and no room for creativity or passion. 
at all in any schools like there's no inauthentic learning because learning is so much more than just memorization and seeing how much information can be retained in your brain like how many times have you studied for a test until like 5 a.m only to forget what the fuck you learned a week after that test that's not genuine learning you did not retain any information it's solely for the goal of passing Learning has become more and more standardized and more of more of like, let me lecture you, give you all this information to memorize, and then see if you retain the information by this test that's going to be in three weeks after the fucking whole entire unit is done. But there's no chance for actual genuine like learning and for information to actually be retained and for kids to ask themselves, huh, this is important information. I'm learning this so I can be educated. How can I make this apply to my life and what I want to do? That is not the way the school system works, and that is the way the school system should work, because now more and more, our society values leaders over followers. No one likes a follower. No one likes a person that's like, oh, just give me, just give me stuff you want to get done. I will do it. They want fresh thinkers, and they want new ideas. So we have a generation that will more likely change the world and put it into a more like positive, you know, change. You know what I'm saying? But then, how can you expect that when school is set is set up for a bunch of followers? They have no place to ask questions like and think for themselves and make their own decisions. And there's no place for creativity. Like everyone has to learn at the same pace, the same thing at the mm-hmm. same time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When that's just not the way we learn as humans. Everyone learns differently. You in a place in a classroom where you learn from lecturing and taking notes there is bound to be at least one kid who's not paying attention because he already knows everything and he's completely ahead and I've met those kids and they should be maybe instead of being in the history that they are in or the English they are in they should be two years ahead and then there's kids listening or maybe not even paying attention but they don't know what they don't know anything that's happening when really they just needed extra help so how can you teach how can you have the system of being so standardized and so robotic and so factory worker like when that's not the way humans learn and you're not tapping into a person's creativity and then you even see in other people that as soon as creativity is put into curriculum they retain more information like there is this guy named Brian I watched one of his TED talks I don't know his last name but he is he was only like a C student in school And then he was in Singapore and Singapore has way like stricter um, rules in school than like America. And it's like way more like strict as fuck, like fucking kids in Asia. There's a whole epidemic of kids just consistently killing themselves, killing themselves because they can't handle the school there. Mm -hmm. Like in Korea, there's like a bridge where like with messages telling kids not to jump off because of schools and testing because it's far more standardized and more based on testing than America is. But America still has that. So he talked about how like he hated school and then he went to an international school and then he found his passion, which was video editing, and now he is the owner of a video editing company. And as soon as he got a chance to get his English grade by reading a book and then comparing it to its film adaption, and that's how he got more interested in film and, like, video editing, that's when he wanted to learn more about it. And that should be the direction that all schools should go into, tapping into creativity like I don't feel like the question should be well why are kids what how do we stop the school to prison pipeline why is it happening why is that happening it shouldn't be specific things it should be 
why are these kids not motivated to succeed? And I feel like there's no motivation in schools because there's no passion in schools. You have mm-hmm. no time to figure out your passions. Like, when you went to college, from high school to college, did you fucking know anything you were passionate about? For real? Or did you have to figure out as soon as you got that freedom in college? Well, yeah, that did help. That does help a lot. Because someone's not always down your throat about everything. So it does give you the freedom and time to actually know what you want to do. Right. But in school, you have no time. (laughs) Every single minute of your time is controlled. Literally, you have no time to answer the important question in everyone's lives, which is, what am I good at? Where do I fit in this world and what am I going to do? And then you fucking completely switch from this system that evolves way back to maybe even pre-K to 12th grade not just 9th to 12th grade but your whole entire life you live the system where it's robotic and you aren't you are told what to do you have no time to think for yourself as a person and then you go into college which is a which is a completely freeing experience and then very individualized for you and then you wonder why you have a bunch of kids having mental breakdowns at the beginning of college because they have no idea who they are and they feel lost because you had all that time you didn't let them answer the questions what am i passionate about what will i do what am i good at because you were consistently down their throats in this fucking system <sighs> gee that's a lot that is that is a lot honestly ah, that's why i always say in five years school will be no more there's not gonna be any more school no i don't think because I feel like knowledge is power. Like, if you take it back... No, to- no, 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 no. Not school in general, mm-hmm. but the way school is now, mm-hmm. it's going to be removed. Because mm-hmm. there there needs to be, like, a different way of doing this. Right. Like, I feel like that's why online school is becoming more prevalent. Mm-hmm. There's more people taking it online. That means there's more people having more time to actually figure out what they do and excel way faster. Because mm-hmm. I had this one friend in high school. Uh, he was always the smartest person in the room. Mm-hmm. And then he went to my high school, my mm-hmm. uh, high school, like, sophomore year. Mm-hmm. And, like, he he didn't like it. He didn't like it because he felt like everyone everyone around him was, like, just, like, a step or two behind him. Mm-hmm. So he went he went back. He, he left. He went to go do online school. And then he did that for a year, and then he came back a whole new person. So I feel like uh, online school and stuff like that actually helps people. Because, mm-hmm. right. like... Uh, one of the what's the stereotype with homeschooled kids? They're stupid. They're stupid and weird and yada yada yada. But, but I feel really, like... they're living in individuality, yes. and they're really their own individuals. And then it's weird to other people because that idea of individuality and creativity is so foreign to them, and they don't realize it because it's been subconsciously put in their heads that they just think it's normal to be a robot. <laughs> and they call those people weird because they're really their own person, and they think for themselves. I've been in that position. I've thought people were weird, and now I look at them, and I'm like, you're really your own individual, and you really know what you want to do and what you're good at. And the concept of thinking for yourself and being your own person, not... You understand that. You understand thinking for yourself. You understand being you, being who you are. Was so foreign to me that I just thought you were fucking (laughs) weird. I just thought you were a loser, but really, no. You're your own fucking person. It was you that was fucking up. (laughs) It was me that was fucking up. I was a little robot. (laughs) Uh, What made you switch this thinking right so i was gonna get into that like so schools have no place for authentic learning and schools have no place for like actual creativity at all and so um a thing that made me completely change my perspective on schools 
was to be in the position to be in a school where it had everything I wanted. Everything that I'm talking about right now, it had autonomy, it had freedom, it had creativity, it had everything I wanted, and it was all based on this thing called this new thing called project-based learning, which is students make up their graduate their graduation requirements by independent projects, group projects, or seminars that you that were offered. Like I took biology and I took math. But everything else was solely based on your own projects and how you're going to learn it yourself. And god damn, I fucking hated it. I literally hated it. I hated it. I, I was disgusted by it. I thought it was stupid. I was just like, how the fuck is this going to help me in my future? Like, this is not going to fucking help me get into college. Like, I'm not going to do a stupid project to get my English credit. There's so much more to English. I should be in a fucking classroom with a fucking curriculum with a teacher lecturing me. And then they were just like, why don't you just figure out your own creative like projects and your own way to learn this type of English and we'll help you because we are certified teachers and we've gone to college. We have the same credit. We have the same credit ability but we want you to be more creative and i'm like that's fucking stupid give me a fucking textbook bro give me a fucking worksheet like we're paying you for a reason (laughs) like i was just like that's so stupid give me a worksheet give me a textbook but and i was so mad like it was the first time where i did not like school and it was and it wasn't because i didn't like it i was just uncomfortable and i realized that the idea of pure freedom and that idea of making your own say and having your own say and how you're going to retain this information you're supposed to learn, which is required by the government, and having your own say in that and your own empowerment and your own power in your education, so foreign to me, I thought it was stupid and I thought it was bogus and I thought it was trifling and I wanted to leave ASAP. I was just like, I'm not going to come up with a stupid fucking project to learn U.S. history. I want to learn U.S. history from a textbook. I want to take a push. <laughs> Those shits were so trash. A- AP classes, bro. I fucking hated those. So how and how then, was your mind now? Like it was a process throughout being there because I was there for a quarter, and then like towards the end when I was about to switch schools, which to the school I'm at, like I actually started really liking it, and I became really close friends with this girl, and her name was Zadora, and she came from a background of only public schools, like traditional public schools too. So we sort of like got really close and really bonded because we were going through the same things at the same times this feeling of like just not knowing myself and being faced with this complete freedom where I had to think for myself I had to go out of the box and think well how am I going to make this apply to me in my life and still get this information and still get this education and we really connected because at first we hated it but then in my room at like 2 a.m and like late October I think we had a whole entire conversation like for like five hours and we were talking about public school and we were just like I don't think I would ever want to go back to public school it's so robotic like you can't even leave but like I can leave and I have a own my own say like she literally she was learning history by doing podcasting like she researched like topics throughout like hi- the history she was supposed to be doing mm-hmm. um like for that year that she was in And then she just covered the key parts and the social studies teachers helped her cover the key parts that she needed to cover. And she learned on her own. And she did that and talked about it on like her own like little podcast that she was doing. And she worked with another teacher who was good at like doing podcasts and then like just public relations. And that's how she retained the information. And ah, fellow podcaster. Hey, tee up, tee up. And then there is another kid who really liked fashion and he needed a u.s history credit so 
the social studies teacher told him to learn as much as he could about all of these pinpoint parts of U.S. history that he needed to know, and he literally created a fashion show about how fashion evolved throughout key parts of U.S. history, and then also, yeah, and then also he explained how all of these would be suitable to what life was like in those times, and he retained more information than he would through memorization and just a test. And then when I wanted to come up with a project, I was just like, this is so hard. I want, I want homework. Like, I'm not used to this. But it's just like, those kids were literally going somewhere. You saw innovation and you saw that creativity and you saw that leadership that the world now values because they had a say and they had enough empowerment in their education to figure out early on in age what they wanted to do and what they were passionate about. Every do every person in that fucking school had their quirks. There is a fucking nigga who was really into fashion. <laughs> there is one who was really into rapping and he was good actually. He was not a little SoundCloud rapper. He was good. He had good bars. His shit was like double entendre type shit. Like, <laughs> And he started when he was like 16. There was another kid and he was really into tattooing. And he was trash when he started. But then through this school, he could, ta- he could tie in what he wanted to do into every credit. And then by 16, he had an internship at an actual tattoo shop where he was making designs for other people. And those designs were getting tatted on other people that's for their dope. whole life that's by a, age that's, 16. That's a dope. That's and then a in that dope. school, too, they... They got him the internship. Instead of focusing on tests and retaining this information, they're just like, oh, let me see, let me get to know the kid that I'm dealing with and what makes them them and figure out how to get these graduation requirements into what makes them them. Wait, is this a private school? No, it's literally a public school. Anyone can go. Jesus. What's it called? Avalon. Avalon. Okay. Okay. And so, like, that one kid who got that internship, the teachers got him that. Because they knew that this is what he wanted to do. This is what he liked. They went out of their way to find internships for these kids at age 16. So they could have a better, like, way in life of instead of just going to school and then going to school again. And then, (laughs) and then doing your shit that you want to do after you slave away, make enough money, and then have enough money to win maybe invest in yourself no how about you spend your days that you're required to at school incorporating all the stuff you need to learn with your own projects that you come up with yourself so you have that creativity you have that leadership you have that power to think for yourself as your own individual self and then as you get better we'll get you opportunities to get you there so you don't have to go the normal route because you see more and more people not going the normal route like there are increasing more and more fucking artists who don't have to, you know, what people did back in the day, sell their mixtapes until a big corporation notices and then backs them up. They are using platforms like Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud to create their own music at home, and then they are making it big and making a million before a label is behind them. So why can't we implement that into schools, into helping these kids succeed, and showing them that that's not the world that we live in today, and you... I feel like in today's world, you have to know what you're passionate about and you have to think differently. And you need that time when you're growing up to do that to before it's too late. It. Yeah, you need to get because good at it first. who the fuck wants to see a fucking, a fucking 40-year-old fucking rapper when you can... If a person wants to rap, I feel like now is the time where it is the most possible. So why don't you... 40? I don't want to hear no more rapping. After oh, when they hit God. 30. Once they hit 30, put it away. 
on God. So then why don't you tell these kids that they can get an education but also fund their dreams through this idea of projects? But I won't even lie. In that system where it was solely project-based, there were flaws within that system. Like It's too free- freeing. It's too freeing. I honestly do believe it was too freeing. Like, yes, it was so empowering and it was positive and that is the way we need to go. But it's so easy to not do anything. Like... <laughs> Alongside with the kids who are actually really smart and doing things for themselves. There's like, some niggas taking naps. There are some niggas taking naps. There's, <laughs> there's, there are seniors with 11 credits. Like, ah, the devil. On God. Like, the devil. It's so easy not to do anything and just say, fuck it, I'm going to leave like after 12 and go to McDonald's and then kick it with my friends. Like It's so easy to do that within that system. So I feel like there needs to be sort of both in today's like school systems like instead of some tests but some no, projects fuck tests like fuck tests let's get rid of tests and let's get rid of standardized testing you know we're talking about the education gap do you know what they look at to determine whether kids are achieving ah, or whether tests. kids are fucking you know graduating they look at three key things and they look at test scores college readiness and graduation rates Fuck test scores. Let's see if these kids actually learn their shit. Fuck tests. Fuck the idea of testing. Because that makes this mindset of inauthentic learning. You do shit to pass. You don't do shit to learn now. Okay. So, what I'm saying by both, by project-based learning, and then also, like, normal, like, systems, I do believe that how we learn and how we teach our kids now is what we should do like we should have people teaching us like history and we should have people teaching us like you know key things like how to write an essay like what the fuck a noun is like what the fuck a verb is we should have people teaching us sciences but instead of all of these units leading up to a test and all of these units combining up to a final why don't we say okay teach me how you retain this information and teach me that you are actually paying oh, attention i was teaching me. you show me by your own project show me because you deserve to know what your passion is early on so you can make those money moves early on. So by like, what, 30, you'll be all set and being happy in what you actually want to do and also being successful because people who start young in anything are more likely to be successful. Like, that's the reason well, why... They have you, time Right, that's multiply. the reason why these fucking white people are sending their kids to ballet at age three and piano lessons at age three because they want that to be like an option for them when they're older. But it's just like not everyone can afford that. So why can't we implement that into our schools? So show me by your own passion. Show me, oh, you remember what happens from 1780 to 1730, 1780 to 1730, 17, <laughs> <laughs> from 1780 to 1786 by doing what you're passionate in. You like painting? Show me what happens through painting it and then explain me, explain to me what happens so I know you were paying attention. Oh, you like cooking? Cook for me what people were eating those years and then explain to me why they were eating it throughout those years and tie in what you learned oh you you like making podcasts make podcasts about that shit you like film watch different or film analysis watch different movies in those times and talk about what's correct and what's not and what actually happened because if you're doing it all based on something you're interested in you'll be more you'll interested go to way more harder on it way more harder and then you'll retain the information more and that's literally just facts because like even with this as soon as i started researching like school systems and all of these other shit i learned more about the industrial revolution from just wanting to prove a point and argue a point that the school system today is broken because that's something i'm genuinely interested in from this then in a history class because i was 
actually interested. It stayed in my head because I applied it to something I was interested in. Wow. And that's my time. Wait, let's... let's... <laughs> You won't let me leave? I'm not done. I'm not finished. (laughs) All right. Educate us. Educate. Right. So a big solution would be implementing project-based learning instead of tests. Just fuck tests. Like, show me you retain this information through your own creativity and have that time to answer the question, oh, what are you good at? So why don't you incorporate into that? A second part of a solution would be to get more student voice and get more... students interested in what goes on within their schoolings like you have all of this faculty sitting down and just having these questions why is this happening how can we fix it but you don't even have these kids at a seat at the table and you're not even doing anything to let them know that they can i thought that school board meetings were just for the school board anyone can go but do they tell kids that (laughs) do they tell the kids that no Let these kids know that they can go and then also implement this idea of maybe representatives from every school going to the school board meeting for that school to talk about problems that should be addressed and problems that are being addressed and how they can solve it. And because it's just like, I feel like schools are very individualized. The problems that we need to address at St. Anthony are always going to be different than the problems that Edison kids need to address mm-hmm. because that they're two different playing fields. They're two different worlds. It's a different neighborhood that is affecting different kids. It's a different culture, whereas inner city kids have a whole different culture, different neighborhoods. That's why you need to implement that sort that feeling of like your voices are being represented and I feel like school should be more individualized since the industrial revolution. Each school has been the same when not every neighborhood is the same and not all kids are the same based on states too the history of states like a fucking kid from california like a kid from fucking compton or something is going to be completely different than a kid from harlem yeah shit not not even to go that extreme a kid from california is completely different from like a kid from iowa Mm -hmm. there's two different worlds right (laughs) so then but then all school systems are the fucking same when you need to evaluate that everything is individualized and everything is so individual that you have to not answer why are why are our kids failing and how can we fix this problem with our kids we have to answer how can we get these certain kids to succeed and what is happening in these certain kids lives to get them succeed to get them to succeed and get them to be at this place where they can go anywhere and think for themselves and be an individual and make it when everything is such a system built on just like the same thing, the same thing, the same thing, the same thing all across. When a community, uh, fucking neighborhoods in California with the history of fucking California is going to be different than neighborhoods in fucking New York or neighborhoods in Minnesota or neighborhoods in Tennessee or neighborhoods in Mississippi. But there's none, no talk of individuality at all. So get more student voice within every school board meeting, within every meeting with faculty, within every national meeting of teachers, within every state meeting of teachers throughout the state. Get more students in there as a part of the fucking conversation. We need to get rid of this hierarchy in schools now because there's not that sense of hierarchy in real life now. You see more and more younger people being in positions of power because they have better ideas of how to nav- navigate the world that they're in today than young than older people because they don't get it. They don't understand how this world is. So 
get rid of that hierarchy if you really want these kids to succeed you need to hear from the voices of the kids that are in this world that they live in now that is completely different than the one you grew up in so get more student voice too the third fucking solution is trusting these kids more you need to trust these kids more show teachers need to show these kids that hey i get that you're a kid but I trust you enough to not to, fuck up. To not fuck up that you can do your own thing. You can find your own passion at this age because you fully are all capable. I don't want you to think that you're not capable. You don't have to do all this bullshit by, you know, complying, being a robot, going to school, going to school again, and then going to school again, <laughs> and then going to school again, and then doing what you want. I trust you enough to figure out what you what you want to do and do it now. So by the time you're 18. You will already be at a level where you don't even have to do all of that bullshit because people will see the potential in you to say, fuck a master's. You have master's skill right now. And so you need to put more trust into these kids because every time I bring up these ideas, teachers always say this one thing. Are the kids ready for this freedom? Are the kids like ready for all of that freedom? And it's just like, I feel like the kids are beyond ready. They're beyond ready. These two facts are screaming that they are beyond ready. They need change. These kids are becoming more suicidal and these kids are becoming more depressed. And then you have actual statistics of um, Minnesota kids specifically not achieving and not succeeding, especially, especially students of lower socioeconomic levels and students of color particularly. All of these facts are just kids screaming that they can't do it anymore they need a fucking change they need something fucking different because whatever this is isn't fucking working so the question isn't are the kids ready like can they handle this freedom can fucking teachers handle it can they handle that they're not going to be in a position of power anymore and that kids will have a say and that they they won't be the only ones at the table discussing the problems and how to fix it it will also be students too can they handle this this sort of social hierarchy within schools there's the authority and then there's everything else and then there's students there's there's the person you listen to and the people that listen will they are they okay enough with handling that that won't be what it's like anymore no like are it's not whether these kids are ready like are the adults ready are the boomers ready for fucking for things to be like it is in the real world because the real world now and now age is becoming less of a factor into whether you're capable age doesn't matter anymore if you have the skills at 22 they will take you (laughs) if you have the skills at 19 they will take you if you have a good message and you have a good way with words at age 16 they will take you and it seems like these people in these positions of power in schools, like teachers, they're not okay with that. So that's not that's not ask the question. Are they ready, bro? Are y'all ready? Are y'all ready? Because <laughs> I feel like y'all need to warm up with that idea. Clearly. Jesus. Ah, oh, do you feel better now? Yeah. <laughs> and that shit has been on my chest since like September 2019. Ooh, I have to get it all out. Damn. All right, y'all. Thanks, y'all. Thank all y'all for listening. Like, for real, for real. I really appreciate y'all. So, also, follow me on all social media. Uh, Sensor NK on Instagram. Sensor NK on Snapchat. Sensor NK on Twitter. Sensor NK on Facebook. Uh, what else? What else am I missing? 
Is that, that, that casual? Add your Tumblr and your pinches. I know you have one. Ah, shh. Love y'all. Wait, so don't end it yet. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Okay, I want to tell our listeners. Um, I want to find ways to implement more voice of the students across Minnesota. So, if you have gone to different school districts throughout Minnesota, I want to get more of a perspective and a more more perspectives and more voice of different students from different neighborhoods from different places in minnesota and what their schooling was like and what problems that you guys face specifically in that school district so contact me on instagram <laughs> layla vincal that's l-e-l-a-v-i-n-c-a-l <laughs> no spaces no capitals and feel free to dm me so we can get conversations going we can get solutions going because we want our kids to succeed Period. All right. Bye, Z's. <laughs>